Well, we're here with Kerry Harrison. The reason we've got Kerry in today to talk a little bit about things is because he's one of the winners of Sun Motion this year. Really wanted to find out how a stills photographer suddenly makes the transition into this media converged world of, of doing videos in a stills camera and making them commercially viable, something that you get paid for. But Kerry, I wanted to start off asking you, what's the background? How did you become a professional photographer in the first place? And what sort of work were you doing before you did videos? Well, uh, I should try and keep this quite concise. It's quite a long story. I came to photography a little bit later than most people. Um, I started off being a musician. That's that's what I did, you know. When what I were you playing? Drums. Right. So, is that a musician? I don't know. Yeah. Drums and keyboards. Um, and I studied that and then I worked as a musician. So, essentially, I was I was kind of running a business, but it wasn't photography. So, I was kind of getting used to a lot of those ideas about building clients and things like that. Um, so, I did quite a lot of touring and recording and went on a cruise ship for a while and things like that. And it was good fun. What sort of music were you playing? Well, all sorts really. I mean, if you're on a cruise ship, you've got to kind of play everything. So it ended up being quite, quite cheesy, really. And uh, a bit of foxtrot, a bit, bit of, of foxtrot, uh, bit of tango. Bit of yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite a random time, and that. But it was, it was when I was on the cruise ship that I thought, well, as enjoyable as this is, I don't really want to be in my fifties and still sitting on a cruise ship or carrying a drum kit around. So kind of thinking, well, I. I really I should do something else and, and at that point I, d I didn't know what I wanted to do and I fell into working with with young offenders that's um, a bit of a change very much a change it was just through someone I knew and uh, I did a little bit of training and worked full-time for about four years and all the time thinking I, I really I could be doing something creative but I didn't know what it you know what what I could do I didn't want to do music again so it was very random um, uh, a girl I was uh, going out with was a bit of a photographer, quite a good photographer actually, just just doing things for herself and just saw some of the photographs she'd taken and uh, I was there when she took them and I saw when, when she got the film processed and just immediately thought, well, this is great, this is this is creative, you know, and, and uh, just as a hobby at first, I just started taking photographs. And then she knew a photographer in Manchester called Paul Moffat. Paul, he's been in Sunset. Yeah, times, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic photographer, and I was able to go on a few shoots with Paul just just to kind of watch. And I remember getting there and thinking, well, I don't I don't understand really anything that's going on, but I, I had this this feeling that I could learn that, and that I could probably become a photographer if I worked if I worked at it, and that it would be creative and also be something that was a bit more reliable in terms of earning a living. So so that's you know that's essentially what what led to it really. So what was the next step you became his assistant or what? Yeah, I did some assisting. I mean, the job I had with these young offenders was was sort of shift work, which was really good because it meant I could volunteer to work the weekend shift that really nobody else wanted to go anywhere near, which would free up more days during the week. So I was able to I did some assisting with Paul and then I I, I realized um had a, I had quite a nice car that I sold and I had some musical equipment that I sold so I could just give myself a bit of freedom to go part-time at work and to assist more and started assisting in Leeds as well. I may well have gone back to college, but I didn't really have the the money free at the time. And I thought that, well, if you get to be a bit older, you know, you can teach yourself things. You can read books and you can try things and you can learn from assisting. So that's that was the, you know, the way I went with it, really. And what sort of work were you doing when you started doing photography then? Obviously, I was assisting uh, quite a few different photographers. So I, got, I saw a real range. I was assisting fashion photographers, um, you know, advertising photographers and people doing things like annual reports as well. So I kind of felt like I'd seen a real breadth of work. And then I wanted to start shooting. 
And I probably started shooting earlier than I should have done. And it was probably financially, you know, I just thought, well, I need to kind of start bringing in a little bit more money. So I, I started doing things like work for colleges and universities where, in my mind, it was a little bit less pressure than working with an agency and an art director. And you could work directly with them and provide the images they needed for prospectuses and things like that. Right. So, so that was the so, first the yeah. first year of, I guess, trading was mainly jobs like that. And how easy was it to actually get into uh, a, a main run and establish a client list and 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 have that as fairly well established as a career? I, th- I think it was quite tricky. I think I did quite well with the colleges because I, I was I had a bit of that kind of work I could show, and I was just so keen to do it. I think they appreciated that, and I was able to to come in at quite a cheap price. And then I remember thinking, well, I need to start working with some agencies. I, I wanted to start doing something a little bit more conceptual, you know, different things. And eventually I got a job with one agency. And um, for six months, I only worked for them and, no, and I couldn't get another job with another agency. So it did take, you know, a couple of years really to build to build things up. But then, um, as I'm sure you know, people move around, don't they? So someone who's at one agency all of a sudden goes to another one and then they use you and things like that. So, How many years were you doing sort of stills? Um, I think that was that would have been about sort of six or seven years or something like that so I mean I really haven't been established you know 20 years or something like that but I, what I have done is um, work really hard you know and sort of constantly be shooting at weekends and evenings and just trying to really build things and define a style for being a bit of a new event for professional standard cameras to actually have movie capability built into them I mean were you playing about with movies before you know, you could make professional ones, or how how did it work? Uh, no, I really wasn't. I um, I, I, I've always loved watching films, but I, I was actually quite angry when it, the photography media was talking about. Oh, you know, essentially, as a photographer, as a still photographer, if, if you if you don't embrace moving image, you're going to be unemployed within the next six months. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I read a lot of things like that in in the press. So that was that it was purely that. So I guess fear that led me to to start I just thought well okay I don't really want to start doing moving image but I better have a go just so that if anyone calls me about it I'll have at least figured out how to press go you know I think it was something like that that got me into learning about computers (laughs) and uh, I never ever thought that I'd need to use a computer to make my images I thought I just need to know the language so I can talk the jargon to whoever needs it but um, (laughs) so it was something similar that made you sort of want to go into movies yeah, absolutely. Um, also, so what I did is uh, I've got various friends in bands and I thought, well, a nice easy one would be to do a, a video for a, a friend of mine's band, shoot it all in black and white so I don't need to worry about lighting, lighting colour temperatures and, and just and hand hold it. And um, and literally the first afternoon that we did we did some work on it, I remember looking back through the clips and thinking, well, this is absolutely great. You know, this is, you know, I can really still use all the things that I love about photography, light and composition and setting moods for things but also have some story going through it and things move in and out you know so it just immediately I was surprised by how strongly I felt about it and how much I liked it. Now then what do you think uh, a photographer is are they suited to doing videos I mean it's working in it being a photographer is is a completely different thing when you're working with a photographer you're looking at a, a snapshot quite literally and in a moment of time and lots of different snapshots and you just pick the the snapshot that you want 
that is going to be and then you you refine it when the post production editing on it but a movie is about a narrative it's it's changing and it's it's telling a story do you think photographers are suited to actually doing narrative things i i guess that would depend i, I guess that some photographers would be and some wouldn't be really i, I think with with the way that my photography has gone i mean i use mostly natural light with things and often w with some of the more lifestyle shoots I do I, I talk to the models beforehand and, and essentially I'm establishing kind of characters that, that they are anyway um, so, I, so I think I've worked in a way where in my mind anyway a lot of the series of of photographs were kind of telling a story if, if only to me so um, it is a different skill and it's one that I've been doing a lot of reading about and learning about and to an extent, I don't know how much, you know, there's a lot of things can be done with moving image without a, a big epic story, I think. Um, just using small clips to illustrate things online, for instance. I think certain photographers are going to embrace it and certain ones might struggle. Now, when you're making movies, are you handling the whole production or are you working with a crew? Are you working with an editor? Well, differs really. Uh, some of the stuff I've done, I've done, I've done completely by myself. And the reason I've done that is I wanted to know about each aspect. I wanted to know how to edit, even if I wasn't a great editor, so that I could understand how I needed to shoot things. And so, probably fifty percent, I've done everything on them, aside from uh, recording the sound, which I've, I've got a friend of mine who's a sound recordist. So he sort of takes control of that. And is that a particular skill? I mean, I mean most photographers would think, well, uh, I'm recording everything. Well, how do you separate it out? Surely the sound is something you do in post-production, but you actually need somebody there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think because of my musical background, I, I was, I'm not afraid of microphones. I, I understand how they work, how to edit sound and things like that. So that, that was quite straightforward. But I, I was just aware that there's so many things to do. I mean, not only are you making sure things are the right exposure and they're in focus and that you can move where you need to move and then the performance in front of the camera's right, to then have to consider the sound as well is just one too many things, really, I, I think. So are there things about um, making videos that you hadn't considered before you started? And what sort of things would those be? Yeah, well, the, f the first couple of tests I did, so I, mean, I think the, the music video was, was, was pretty good, and, and that was because there was a very strong... I was just going from the lyrics, so there was very strong visual ideas that went along with the, the lyrics. And after that, I think I... I I didn't realise quite how many shots you need, how many different things you need to make something interesting, even if it's only going to be a minute long. You know, right. you, there's only so long I think that the, the viewer can linger on something unless it's incredibly beautiful. You know, you, so think, did you initially start off just by shooting? You didn't storyboard anything. No, I just shot, and and um, I mean, and my wife, who's got a lot of experience working on TV commercials, essentially has watched a lot more television than I have, would tell me, so you know, it actually looks quite beautiful, but actually it's dreadful. She was that blunt with me, you know, and that, that was really good. And it made me kind of think about those things and think, yeah, I do need to kind of cut to something or go in close there or show a shot that establishes the whole scene to make sense of it. So there's all that side of things. So is that now a sort of a, an area that you look at? I mean, are you still just, just shooting it the way you think or are you creating a script? I'm definitely creating a script. I mean, the, one of the ones that was in the, um, the Sun Awards was the Leeds Indie Radio. Yeah, I was going to start asking you about ah, that. Yeah, jump the gun. Um, and that was a, a chat I had with the guy from Leeds Indie Radio, Adam, about some promotional piece because they have the new some new branding and new website and I, I just kind of went away and, and and thought of 
thought up this concept really about you know indie music coming alive and it might be kind of stars from the past who are still alive and just had to kind of find a way to introduce them and introduce the name so I, f- I find that that kind of thing quite interesting you know? and they like the concept that you just yeah outlined yeah absolutely there. I mean I had so a, what was the next step well I had a list of, of various celebrities from the past who died <laughs> as you do and I needed ones that would be really really recognizable so so many might not have been you know but I was thinking well Kurt Cobain is really recognizable so it's a case of I eventually found this guy who looked just like Kurt Cobain and, and yeah did actually storyboarded it and worked with a copywriter friend of mine on the on the end line just to kind of tie it all in and spent about three days making the sandwich board. So not only do you have video skills but you also have to do a bit of joinery. <laughs> <laughs> Very badly if you look closely. <laughs> you know walk, walk us through the making of that uh, video. The, the main thing was making sure, before anything happened, making sure that it worked and that, that it was something that would keep people's interest. Just to go backwards a little bit, pri- a few years prior to that, I'd, I'd done a thing called Let's Launch Leonard, which, which was a, a promotional website that I set up for my photography business. But it was a spoof on two guys who wanted to go to space in an ambulance. It sounds really random. It was a bit cartoony. It was very it? cartoony, yeah. But that gave, and I, I spent a long time on that trying to think, well, is, does this work? Will people understand it? Is it going to be witty? So I used all the same processes to just kind of figure out what I could get from that that idea of, you know, where indie music comes alive and, and um, a guy who looks a bit like Kurt Cobain. And I realised that it was quite simple, really. It just needed to kind of show him but not quite show who he was in in his environment with lots of little clues around to, that if you were really into Nirvana, you might pick up on. There's all sorts hidden in there. So there's quite a lot of research. Um, and then I, I found my Kurt Cobain, yeah, got the clothes sorted out and all the props and, and found the locations, which were at a friend's house. And had myself and uh, and a guy on the second camera, so I would kind of work between the two cameras so that we could cut between on every scene and have two different angles to play with. So you had another cameraman, yeah, a sound man. Yeah. Anybody else on the crew uh, for that? No, that was that. Because Jason, who was Kurt Cobain, is actually a stylist himself, so he was able to uh, look after So him. he was styling He him. was styling himself, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'd brought all the props and things like that. So it was a small... I mean, I've done things since for, um, you know, including television adverts and things, where there's been a lot bigger crew, but it's nice to work with a smaller amount of people. And so how long, how much time did you have to spend shooting it for a start? Um, we shot it in uh, about five hours and that included lots of bits that didn't even make it into the end where we went into the centre of Leeds and shot Kurt Cobain handing out flyers outside the train station to people and and, and someone driving around in a car throwing things at him. Out. It, was, it was very complicated and uh, when I saw it in the edit I realised that it was, it was stronger. <laughs> it was a lot of rubbish. It was a lot stronger without it. You know, so that was quite a lesson. About how much would you say ends up on the cutting room floor there? Of of that one, I think there was probably a good a good sixty percent never got shown. You know, but right. I think uh, if I did it again, I, I, I'd I would think about it even more and make sure that I didn't go to all that trouble for something that wasn't really going to work. I, I like to think that anyway. Yeah. Well, it's the art of editing, isn't it? Yes. Making yeah. sure what goes on the cutting room floor stays on the cutting room yeah, floor. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, I have worked with. Uh, I'm working with a brilliant editor now on some of the films I've done for the social services, and she works a lot on documentaries. So she's fantastic. You know, a lot of her skills is more about structuring pieces and getting messages across, and we you know how what's the best way to end this, and how do we create some intrigue at the start. So it's all these skills that are, are nothing to do with. The visual world of photography, really. 
So how long would you say that it, it takes to prepare before you start shooting? I must have been on and off working on this Leeds Indie Radio idea for a, for a good few weeks, but that's not solid, you know, that's just driving around somewhere in between a location and realising that this might work better than that. Or, um, some of the ones like the, the, the White Rose adverts that I've been doing, the TV adverts, th- there's been a, quite a strong brief come from the agency, um, and then it's been a case of me doing some research, looking at photography, always looking at photography for the research as well, interestingly. So I, I always love fashion photographers like Bruce Weber and Peter Lindbergh and people like that, I'm trying to pull in some, you know, the right kind of mood for the, for the brief, really. So um, you've mentioned now, sort of going from, you had control over the Zindi Radio, very much all, all the different processes, and you mentioned working on TV ads, which are agency-based so they would come up with a story and the criteria for it. What is the difference between working with the two? I mean, presumably for the TV ads, you're working with a crew. I mean, I still like to keep it to as few people as possible. I think mainly because I'm comfortable with that. And with the, the Canon SLRs, you know, you can get away with a lot more available light than you used to years ago. So, you know, do, do I need three people with a lighting rig, you know, pro- probably not. I can probably do it with an assistant holding an LED panel, you know, for for some of the kind, some of the things. There was on the one of the white rose adverts, we used a red camera and a lot of lighting from Provision, so that needed rigging. Thinking about, so um, it's a bigger crew, but it's nice to not make it too big if possible. So for people who don't know, what is the difference, sort of qualitatively or working wise, between using a Canon and using a red? The red cameras, for a start, are a lot bigger and heavier. So, th- with the Canon 5D, I c- you know, can get that camera into quite incredible places, really. You know, and it's quite you can move it around really quickly and shoot in the dark if you need to, pr- pretty much. With the Canons, there, they're like a JPEG that you're shooting, really, if you look at it in that way. Quite a compressed format straight away. So you have to be, you have to treat it like a transparency. I feel you, you, you can't pull it around like a raw file. So you have to be really careful with the Canon there, but with the red, you, you shoot in the raw format, so you can really adjust the colour afterwards, you know, and you're getting a much bigger file. So that's fantastic, but that means that there's a lot more work needs to be done afterwards, because it, every second has 25 separate images in it, you know, so... But there's quite, quite a lot of, of post-production has to go into what you're getting off of Canon there. You've got to colour match it and you've got to... Well, there's, I think there's different ways to do it, really. Um, I know one photographer I was talking to did, did a very short video and, and took every single frame separately into into Lightroom because it was something he understood so he could grade it there. You know, that was a, a fantastic idea for something That's short. That's the after grading. Yes, the grading. <laughs> um, so I thought, that, I thought that was great. I mean, you can't... If something long, you know, you, you couldn't do that, I don't think. But, um, but yeah, so I guess the, the difference between the red and the Canon is the red requires a lot more care at every stage you know you're probably going to need someone else to focus it you need two people on the camera generally yeah the the, the red is essentially a video camera but it's a component device isn't it you yes. build up all this yeah. like lego yeah <laughs> build it up don't yeah. you expensive lego <laughs> <laughs> so what's it is there a different feel to, to working on a tv commercial well, there's a lot more people around and there's a lot more people looking at big monitors that you have linked up to your cameras. So I guess it, it works more like, like a big photography shoot would, you know, something. Yeah, lots of clients there and different people. So uh, with luckily the ones I've done, have, have I've kind of been booked because of what I do, which is really nice. So they were like, well, we really love the way that you shoot things in quite a reportage kind of style and you can get a sense of excitement across. So that, that was really nice because effectively that was like, do what you do. But yeah, there's, there's just more, more pressure, I guess.
What do you think a photographer brings to video that a video, you know, a filmmaker doesn't? Or, or is it the same? Is it different? I think it's an interesting one because I, I did quite a lot of research when I started doing it. I was just thinking, well, who, you know, I work with a lot of advertising agencies, so if they're wanting to get videos made, who do, who do they go to? You know, I didn't, I didn't even know. So, you know, I found out that there's, there's on one end, one side of things, there's video production companies who are generally quite cheap. And then there's the big film production companies where everyone's got their own trailer and assistant and, and things like that, you know. So a lot of the video production side of things, to my eyes, doesn't look very good. It's not Nothing seems to be very considered. And I think as a photographer, like you mentioned before, we're looking at snapshots of time. So we're looking at making that moment look beautiful. You know, the lighting has got to be quite something. And, you know, that what lens we use is a really important tool. And I think a lot of the video production people are on a camcorder with a zoom lens. Um, and using that that's generalizing and uh, may well upset a few people but that's what I found so I think that we can as photographers we can bring an attention to detail I think and 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 think about the mood of what we're creating a lot more and what do you think it's like a photographer coming coming into an agency and going hey give us a job doing video are they open to it or do they really question that photographer can do this sort of work I think they must have been reading the same articles that I did because I think they, you know, they weren't surprised, and they, a lot of them maybe have a, you know, one of the Canon SLRs around in the office that, and you know, you often find they've been doing little videos themselves that these days, and definitely not surprised. I think where for some of the TV advertising, they've rightly been slightly worried that about the level of production that's needed on those things, and and they feel that they're in safe hands with a with a film production company because that's purely what they do. So I've just been looking at different ways around that and working with freelance producers and, and people so that I can offer that safety net, really. Because that's what they're always after, a safe pair of hands, whether it's stills yeah. or anything else, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think they trusted me they trust me with a budget for a photo shoot, but, you know, uh, as for a, the budget for a, a television commercial is substantially more. And uh, so it's just pulling the people, you know, the right people to do the grading and the right producers and using the right crew and just, just making sure that I think the agencies feel... That they're being looked after on, on that level. And talking about budgets, is it better or worse working on video in terms of what you're going to get out of it at the end of the day in, in money? I think on the mostly it's it's a it's about the same to be honest. I think it, I think that you know you, you, the, the, your day rate should be your day rate for whatever skills. I think there's different. Obviously, you you might go to a casting, but you, you could do that for photography as well. You know, you st- I I still like to be in charge of finding the locations if I've got time and keep a, ca- a kind of careful eye on everything. So I think it's the same. I think on some of the cheaper jobs, the people are, expect a lot more work, the same amount of money. So, you know. Is there an element of sort of cost-cutting when uh, an agency employs a photographer to shoot video? Yeah, I think they, they can see how they could get a, a similar quality or something different that's equally as good to using a big film production company because of the way that photographers are used to working. Not that there's a difference qualitatively. It just comes from a different tradition, different yeah, way of working. Absolutely. And some for some things, you can see exactly why you need a lot of people on the set and first ADs and second ADs. But for a lot of things, I think you can communicate things really, really well with a smaller crew. You know, you, you... Some of the photographers who've, who've entered Sun Motion and they've said, well, the advantage that their agencies saw were that they were already shooting. They've built room sets in their still studio. And then the the client wanted the equivalent TV advert 
So rather than have to decamp, rebuild another mm. uh, set of room sets in another video studio this time, yes. that they're working with the same thing, so they got a consistency of look, and yeah, there was absolutely. an advantage from that sort of side. Yeah, I think that probably doesn't apply to what I do, because I, I, I very rarely have to build a set for what I do. It's mostly I'm, I'm out and about places. So, But yeah, I can see that, and I know that there's a few sort of of the bigger photography studios who are really embracing the video side. It's good to see, really. We talked about the Leeds Indie uh, movie that you've done, which is advertised in the radio station. Um, you talk, talked about the White Rose, which is a shopping centre, yeah. which was for a TV commercial. So what other sorts of things have you done? Tell, tell us a, a few of the different commissions you've had. Yeah, I've done, well, they seem to come from me doing something personal, and then I seem to get a job doing it, which I used to find with, well, I still find with photography, you know, it's funny, isn't it, how it happens. You, uh, so I, I, I did a little documentary about a screen printer called Miriam, and um, I did the music for it, and kind of just, just with, with my friend Rob doing the sound, and just did this really nice, I was really, I am really pleased with it. It's just yeah, very I watched simple. that the other day. Yeah, I think it's probably the, the thing I, that I like best that I've done. Um, and I sent that out as a, one of my emailers saying, oh, you know, I've kind of just done this. And uh, and then got, got a job for um, the Children's Social Services, uh, which was to make four short films in a, in quite a similar style to the film I'd done about Miriam. So how do you send that out? Obviously, you don't send the movie No, out. well, um, you see, some photographers have these quite snazzy emailer things and, uh, you know, they can track who's opened it and how many. And I don't do it. I just send out something that's more like a little letter really you know with a few pictures attached it was just a link attached to vimeo uh with a, a few stills from it so it's very it's all very sort of low-key and hopefully quite friendly the things that i send out really uh, but yeah so this job came back and it was it was there was uh, a bank of images of uh, photography needed of of children for the children's social services there was portraits of some social workers four separate films and then in the end i did some music for an animated film as well so they're so bringing the old so stuff absolutely back in as well. yeah fantastic so I spent spent a good two days doing doing some music as well so so it was just a really really nice job and it was quite a rushed job because these four films had to be done in two days and one you know they were one who was in oh, Scarborough quick, yeah. one was in Sheffield it, you know it, we 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 used two cameras again and we just had to be really organised to get it done so yeah so there was, and there's going to be some more of those I think what else am I doing doing a little film about a sculptor which is kind of a, a partner to the Miriam film but it's going to be quite dark and moody this one oh, right. because he's a bit of a darker and a moodier kind of guy and then yeah so so those are the, the only ones that are ongoing at the moment and in the in the diary so how much what's the percentage of stills and video you're doing now well if I suppose if I look this year it probably is sort of 60 40 with with 40 percent being the moving image so right, it's been so quite, quite, big quite staggering, yeah, really. I mean, not you know, I've, I've got quite a lot of things on my website. There's quite a lot of bits that I haven't put on there. Yeah, and they, they just take longer to do, so I think, yeah. But I still think 40%, yeah. And, I mean, you're successful in Sun. You've obviously had a few successful commissions this year. How? What's the future holding? Where do you think you're going now? At the moment, there's a, a menswear client I'm, I'm chatting to. Uh, that would be small documentaries, but that were kind of fashion films. And what's the outlet for those going to be? That's I mean? going to be online and used on for blogs. So, you know, I think that this this particular menswear company have done really well from uh, building their name, mainly from blogs, from blogging or fashion websites. Their main selling tool is their website, and they've got a really good reputation. I mean, like I say, we, I've done a film for them before. This is, we're only just discussing what's the best thing to do, but I'm... 
encouraging them to to look at the various people who buy their clothes and and the stories behind it so that we're trying to create these interesting two-minute little film that people would watch and a be interested in this person b learn something about the world maybe and c go and buy a shirt (laughs) (laughs) so you've tested the water with video what would you say to any photographers who thinking they might get into doing that what would you say to them i guess there's two sides to it and one is commercial and financial and the other is artistic you know and um, it's the same as always isn't it trying to get a balance between the two i know certain photographers are friends of mine who have absolutely no interest in doing any moving image and they were doing really well anyway so it's like well you shouldn't feel i don't think you should feel like you have to do but artistically you might feel like you want to give it a go it's certainly quite an interesting thing to do well, look forward to seeing more of your work in some next year, some motion, and lots of other people as well, we're hoping. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brave new world. Kerry, thanks for coming and chatting to us. Great, thanks, Ed. Well, Kerry Harrison did exceedingly well in the 23rd Sun Awards with his entries in Sun Motion. He got first place for Where Indie Comes Alive, the main uh, video that he was talking about there. He also gained third place for the White Rose TV ad. Second place went to Simon Winnell, and you can see all three videos by going to the Shot Up North website at shotupnorth.co.uk. You can also see Kerry's work by going to his own website, which is kerryharrisonphotography.com. If you want to find out more about entering the Sun Awards, any of the categories, including Sun Motion, go to the Sun website. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me, Ed Horwich, on LinkedIn. This is me, Ed Horwich. Look forward to seeing you next time on The Sun Interviews.